Hi there. A quick note before you start listening to this episode. As the podcast has evolved, we've come to focus more directly on the topic of diversity, equity, and inclusion in organizational life. The episode you're currently listening to focuses more broadly on the topic of creating purposeful organizations. So if that's what you're after, then listen on. But if you're looking for more DEI-focused content, we suggest skipping forward a few episodes and looking for the ones titled Inclusion at Work. Happy listening. I mean, there is a need for a business to do things differently, um, whether you're particularly motivated by um, a climate emergency that's that's unfolding rapidly um, or, or other aspects of the sort of negative externalities that business creates. Um, that's a hugely motivating factor, but there's also, I think, a massive opportunity. I mean, we are at a time where businesses can scale and cross borders and solve problems um, faster and with greater scale than many governments, which is both simultaneously terrifying in some respects, but also a huge opportunity. Welcome to the Leaders for Good podcast, where we celebrate and learn from the leaders making positive change for people, the planet, and their organizations. We also talk to world-class experts who share their insights, knowledge, and tools to help you make it happen. At Leaders for Good, we believe all organizations can profitably integrate doing good into their business. Hi, everyone. We are super excited to be sharing this inaugural episode of the Leaders for Good podcast with you all. And equally excited to be kicking things off in style with our first guest, we are joined by Andrew Davies for this conversation. Andrew is CEO of B Corp Australia, a role in which he found himself after a career spanning many years in commercial law and executive management. And as you'll come to learn in this conversation, Andrew is deeply passionate about the role business can and indeed should have in improving the world and contributing positively to change. In this conversation, we look through the lens of B Corp and the B Corp certification to explore the many ways in which business can think about doing more good in the world, from planning to leadership to the power of community for driving positive change, and how businesses can avoid pitfalls on this path and the path to certification, if that's something you're looking at doing. We also find out what's next for B Corp and how they're thinking about evolving, growing, and driving more positive impact as an organization. A really rich conversation and one Kerry and I thoroughly enjoyed, and we hope you will too. So without further ado, we bring you this conversation with Andrew Davies. Welcome to the inaugural episode of the Leaders for Good podcast. Um, very excited. You have uh, Kerry Boys here Hello. in the studio with me, and we are in an actual studio as well because we're, we're professionals. Um, I'm Phil Cross, and we are very fortunate today to be joined by Andrew Davies. Um, Andrew is the CEO of B Corp Australia, um, one of the organizations we have a great deal of admiration uh, and respect and, and affinity for. Um, so we count ourselves very, very lucky that Andrew. Andrew uh, was gracious enough to give us some of his time today. Andrew, uh, how are you going? How does uh, how does today find you? Very good, thank you. We're uh, um, hopefully at the tail end of a long period of lockdown in Melbourne, um, and looking forward to getting a little bit more human interaction 
in the near future, but I'm very well and great to be here. Fantastic, and um, yes, we're all we're all hoping uh, we're all hoping Victoria gets a respite uh, sooner rather than later. Um, Andrew, we've got a laundry list of questions, uh, some of which we may not get to today because Kerry and I had a bit of a brainstorm beforehand and were super super curious about a lot of things to do with uh, with B Corp. But um, I guess as a lead in, a little bit about you. How how do you find yourself doing the work you do? What's the uh, what's the story? Yeah, look, I think uh, it, lots of different elements, good fortune, um, good dose of privilege and right place, right, right place at the right time. Um, I think if I'm giving myself some credit, it's, it's you know, I've had a willingness to embrace change at different times in my career. I've gone through everything from being, starting off as a corporate lawyer, moving into roles in a listed company, different management roles. I've run a family business and a family office and I've started my own businesses. But I reached a point in 2018 where I sort of sold out of a couple of businesses and was really looking for another big change in direction. And um, I found myself talking to a lot of particularly private equity investment funds and, and exploring different management roles and finding myself increasingly drawn to, to um, the, the space of impact investment, looking at different businesses that were really involved in not just sort of making profit, but solving problems. And I found that a fascinating sector. And to, to cut a long, boring story short, sort of one conversation led to another, and this role came up and I was fortunate enough to, to grab it. And for us, it's, it's a lot about both growing a, a movement um, and a community businesses, but also making our own organisation sustainable and successful and capable of growth. So it was a not-for-profit um, we face many of the same challenges as any organisation does and hopefully I'm bringing some of that diverse experience to bear and creating a model that we can grow and scale here. Beautiful. Awesome. Great. And we, as Phil mentioned, we love B Corp. We really see that B Corp is the absolute pinnacle of organisations that are doing good for the world. But although we have a lot of love for B Corp, I think there's probably some leaders out there that may not have yet heard of B Corp. Would you be able to give us a quick overview of why you guys exist? Yeah, sure. Look, I mean, uh, and I should just say as well, I'm, I'm in awe of B Corps as businesses and I'm still um, over, just over a year into the role, still have, have days where I feel very much like the imposter um, because the reality is um, people that run and own B Corps are business people with a real difference. I mean, a B Corp is a business that's been certified to meet the highest standards of social and environmental performance. They're businesses that measure and, and manage their impact. So that's impact on the environment, community, on their workers and suppliers. Uh, and they adopt governance models that are designed to, to effectively voluntarily hold themselves to account. That's what B Corps are. What it's really all about is the idea of using business as a force for good. So we're, we're pretty well familiar, I think, a lot of people with um, the, the poor practices of businesses. And we, we routinely see on the news that businesses are named and shamed for getting things wrong. And that's a really important dialogue, but equally important is to really understand how can businesses have a positive impact? How can they change what they do and how they do it? And what really is so interesting about the concept is that it can unleash an enormous amount of change, an enormous amount of power in really focusing on designing businesses to have a positive impact, not a negative impact. So, so when you see a B corporation, um, you know that that business is, is designed to be different. And the fact that it's a certification means that we as a third party have, have run the certification process to actually verify that that business is different. 
And I think that part of it is is just as important. We're in a world where lots of businesses claim lots of things and we have to navigate a, a busy world of marketing and advertising and messaging. And we've got to find the businesses that actually stack up. So that's where certification comes into it as well. Yeah, great. Love it. And are there any great Aussie brands that people might not have heard of that are B Corps? Any surprise B Corps? Any surprise B Corps? <laughs> oh, well, I suppose that's very much in the eye of the beholder. Um, look, there's some great Australian brands, uh, brands like Intrepid Group, Intrepid Travel. Um, Keep Cup would be very familiar to people. Keep Cup's one of those great businesses that has uh, become a, um, I forget the word for it, but uh, the, the, virtually any non-disposable or reusable coffee cup these days is called a Keep Cup yep. because Keep Cup really blazed that trail. Um, similarly, Australian Ethical Investment, one of the first um, retail ethical super superannuation funds. Um, more recently, businesses like Envato, great software startup that's really achieved great success, mm. just become a B Corp, and Bank Australia as well has just become a B Corp. Amazing. In New Zealand, many... uh, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, say, that's right, New Zealand, we've got Katmandu. I was going to mention that because they're technically now based in New Zealand, but a, a brand that really started off in Australia. Um, and recently in New Zealand, we've just certified Sinlay, which is a very large um, dairy business or a milk nutrition company that develops dairy and um, milk products all around the world. So really huge business and um, very well known in New Zealand. Amazing. And how many B Corps are there in Australia? So in Australia and New Zealand, so we look after the Australia and New yeah. Zealand region, um, there's just over 300, split roughly 90% Australian, 10% New Zealand, although the New Zealand um, region is growing at currently at a sort of faster relative rate than Australia. Um, globally, there's just past 3,600, so we've got about just under 10% of the world's B Corps in our region um, and uh, growing rapidly all around the world. Cool. And I was wondering, Andrew, could you talk a little more to the certification aspects? Because there's lots of approaches that businesses take to, uh, to to doing good in the world. You know, there's ESGs and CSRs and conscious capitalism and a triple bottom line and, you know, long, long laundry list of, uh, of things. Why, why does B Corp lean heavily and, and, and you know, center around a certification model? Yeah, and look, those organisations that you've listed are all really important parts of a, of a comprehensive framework and of many different approaches that businesses can take. What, what sets us a little bit apart or what our focus is, is, is a couple of things. One is it's, it's the rigour. We, we present a very challenging process for a business to go through to get certified. Uh, it's challenging because it's very wide ranging, so it's also holistic. We look at all aspects of the business's operations. And a good example to, to illustrate that point is that you might have a product that's fair trade certified and fair trade certification is, is a really important organisation that does great work all around the world. But just to illustrate the difference, fair trade focuses more on a product or a raw ingredient like coffee or chocolate uh, so that you can call your um, product fair trade certified if you're sourcing those ingredients meeting certain requirements, which is fantastic. The difference with a B Corp is that we look at all aspects of a business's operation. So we look at its business model, we look at its governance structures, um, we look at different aspects of its um, supply chain going beyond just its own operations into its suppliers as well. We look at its impact on the local communities in which it operates. Um, and it sets a level of standards that is both wide in terms of covering all aspects, but also very high in terms of being a very 
challenging, very high bar to achieve. So it's that that rigorous and holistic nature that really sets it apart. Mm. The idea of certification is, is is really about creating a trust mark to to enable businesses to brand themselves differently, to really show anyone who's interested, and that includes internal stakeholders like employees, uh, to show that this business is different, that it's a verified point of difference, that it's gone through that third party element of verification, which, as I said earlier, I think is only growing in importance as more and more businesses cottoned on to the need to talk about why they exist, their purpose. We also need to be able to navigate which ones are just talking about it and which ones are actually living it. Mm. And that whole system approach is is so important and so aligned to, to our thinking and really, you know, that no stone unturned in in terms of the areas and the the ways businesses can look to have more of an impact, do more good, mitigate harm they're doing in in kind of all aspects of their business model. I think is so important. What's the what's the top line process? You mentioned a lot of rigor there and a lot of um, you know a high bar for businesses to to reach to to achieve the certification. What does a what does a typical certification process look like for a, for an organisation? Sure. So it starts off for us with with our um, B impact assessment. And there's a lot of Bs in our world for obvious reasons. Uh, but the B impact assessment is a free publicly available tool that any business can, can sign up to start using. And as the name it suggests, it's an assessment. Uh, you're essentially asking an online questionnaire that dives in um, to lots of detail and lots of different evidence points to understand how your business is structured. So the, there's over 200 different questions and as you answer those questions, that potentially opens up more questions. So there's lots of different um, pathways. So that in theory, a manufacturing business um, based in China is, is gonna be answering different questions to an architectural practice based in Melbourne, for instance. So that online assessment is really the starting point. And that's about developing, a, I guess, a, an initial understanding of how your business is, is performing according to our standards. I say our standards because they are an objective set of standards. We, we have a, um, a new set of standards released every three years. We have an independent standards advisory council that helps set them. But they are standards. So in a sense, one of the challenges is you're assessing your business against an objective set of standards and you earn points for the more you align with them. So that process starts off with undertaking an assessment. It, it needs to be undertaken by someone with a really good level of understanding about your business so that they can answer them accurately. And then to simplify, what most businesses have to go through is a process of improvement, of, of identifying using the tool, where are the areas of, of our business that we can most easily improve. It might be developing some HR policies or changing some suppliers or reconsidering energy usage so the idea is you realign your business, you redesign it to, to have a more positive impact in its design. Then once you've achieved a, a minimum of 80 points out of a couple of hundred on offer, uh, you're then able to um, submit for certification. At that point, you go through a verification process, which is a bit like an online audit. So a sample set of questions is tested. You need to pr provide documentary evidence or in some cases for larger businesses, submit to on-site inspections in order to um, verify that your score is, is in effect legitimate. And that verification process itself can take months. It can be very complicated. Um, and the bigger the business, the more complex that process is. So that ultimately when you achieve certification, it, it's got that, that trust mark behind it. It's got that verification process.
But we really encourage all businesses to simply start using the assessment. It's a perfectly valid pathway to use the assessment um, to try and improve the design and impact of your business, even if ultimately pursuing certification is not your end game. Hmm. We really encourage all businesses to simply get a sense of how we're performing uh, and there's benchmarking data you can access as well as you go through that. Brilliant. And where do you see businesses typically uh, coming a bit unstuck or, or kind of falling off on the certification process? You know, obviously the, the, the rigor and the standards that businesses have to have to meet are, are quite high. Where are the typical points where businesses, yeah, struggle um, and, and mm. be your steer to a business um, who's looking to go through certification that maybe they, they avoid those uh, those pitfalls on the path? Yeah, it's a great question. And I think that the answer, of course, is it varies. But um, one of the most common experiences is that a, a business typically um, outperforms in, in one aspect. And this is probably true of any business. If you were to take a, 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 an assessment of its social and environmental performance, it will be performing really well in some areas and poorly in others. Even businesses that have been designed from the ground up to solve a particular social problem to, to have a really positive impact will find that there's aspects of their business that they simply haven't thought too deeply about and maybe have, they haven't been that relevant to their operations. And this is very much the case for startups. And it's those areas that, that businesses have to sort of not quite go back to the drawing board, but, but get down to basics and say, well, how can we improve in, in that area that we might not have put a lot of attention to in the past? And that is, as anyone who's gone through change processes know, that's 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 hard work. That's quite gritty, down in the weeds, changing processes. Um, uh, and that's often where businesses get unstuck is that they 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 find that um, if they're willing to put the resources into to changing areas of their business that they hadn't previously thought about, that's the important and hard work. One example is a, there's a great um, small winery and distillery business in South Australia called Unico Zello, who are a B Corp. Um, they've also got Applewood Distillery, if you're a gin fan, highly recommend. Mm -hmm. they, they found that as a, as a small business, they had to go and talk to the farmers who they sourced a lot of their fruit from in order to make wine. And they needed to help farmers document processes and procedures so they could in turn um, undertake their own B Corp certification. And, you know, that's an arduous process when you're talking to primary producers who aren't normally in the business, in the case of small farmers, of, of documenting, let alone even asking those farmers to change the way they farmed. And Unicozella has had enormous success and built incredibly powerful relationships in their region through exactly that process. But, you know, that was a difficult process for, for them to have to go through as a small business. Mm. So, yeah, I think it really comes down to... That the the willingness to see through process change is probably the hardest thing to do. Fantastic. And you've talked to us before about the community that exists as part of B Corp and how important that is in enabling change and helping people to move through that process. Could you maybe tell us a bit more about how that works and the benefits of it? Sure. It's it it really is the kind of for many B Corps the unexpected part of achieving certification and. At its most basic principle, it goes to the idea that humans are tribal creatures. We, we like to find our tribe and we, we thrive when we're surrounded by like-minded people who not only share our successes, but also help us when, when, we, when we need help. Mm. And 
our, our B Corp community is just that. So at its at its best, when it's really thriving, um, you find that B Corps turn to each other first for um, working with each other, doing business with each other, sourcing, supplying from and to each other. But then you also start to see B Corps um, collectivising around issues to seek change. Mm. We've seen that there's a global B Corp climate collective um, that is now made up of B Corps all around the world who were instrumental in um, making a significant uh, commitment at COP25 last year for um, getting a group of, um, it's now I think over 700 businesses who have committed to net zero globally um, to really shift the dial on what's possible for business. Um, there's a brilliant group in the um, US called the Dismantle Collective, which is a group of like-minded businesses really focusing on ending white supremacy in business culture. Um, so the idea that business leaders and owners can come together and think about using their collective force to drive change is another big driver of, of community. But for us as well, it's, it's, it's also recognising that as an organisation, so the organisation behind the B Corp movement is B Lab, we're a, we're a regional B Lab, there's different B Labs around the world. We can't do everything that we want to achieve and quite often it's unleashing the power of businesses through our community that achieves much more change. And telling those stories is just as important as well. There's, there's stories when B Labs, uh, sorry, B Corporations collaborate and work together that are great examples of how to, how to change from within businesses too. So yeah, it means a lot of different things. We also just get together and talk the usual stuff. Um, and unfortunately, at the moment, we're not doing enough of that. It, I, I, uh, the the community aspect of all of this is in in this space particularly is really heartening. Um, you know, we found that conversations with yourself and 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 B Corp, with the conscious capitalism movement, with the the people involved with Theory U everyone has a such a such a welcoming demeanor because i think fundamentally we all know whatever particular methodology we use everyone's pulling in the same direction and kind of fighting for the same broad cause of of you know purposeful impact in the world and doing more good so um yeah more 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 community more more interaction <laughs> and and is there a place people can find out about those specialist uh, or those those niche kind of um those niche aspects of the community that you mentioned yeah, look, I, I'm going to sound very boring here, but head to our website. Um, <laughs> it's the best place to sort of find, which in our region is bcorporation.com.au or .com.nz. Um, and, and you will find probably the entry points there to different um, aspects. I think as well that there's certainly a values alignment piece here. I mean, for me, this, this idea is, is really compelling. And I, um, when I found the opportunity to come come closer to it, it was really moved by probably equal parts need and opportunity. I mean, there is need for a business to do things differently, um, whether you're particularly motivated by um, a climate emergency that's that's unfolding rapidly um, or, or other aspects of the sort of negative externalities that business creates. Um, that's a hugely motivating factor, but there's also, I think, a massive opportunity. I mean, we are at a time where businesses can scale and cross borders and solve problems um, faster and at greater scale than many governments, which is both simultaneously terrifying in some respects, but also a huge opportunity. Um, and, you know, you've got some of the big tech companies in the world now that are um, arguably providers of public infrastructure. Mm. Um, they didn't 
seek that out, but that's what they've become. And they're in the hands of some charismatic founders um, and through their own corporate structures, effectively really run under the control of, of either an individual or groups of individuals. Mm. And if you actually think about that for a moment, um, the power at the hands of some individuals who have no accountability to the general community is pretty extraordinary. And I think that sort of harnessing different ways to doing business is, is a great way to harness that power, to manage it, um, without necessarily rejecting the idea that that um, the the for profit model is a bad is, is somehow itself the problem. I mean, I think that capitalism needs to be tamed and managed, not destroyed. I guess is the simplistic way to put it. Um, capitalism has lifted you know so many people out of poverty in, in the last sort of hundred years, particularly. Mm. Um, but there are some obvious flaws in the model that can be pretty easily fixed if we if we have the will. And to me, that that opportunity is very motivating. And I know that that's a big driver for many in the B Corp community as well. I think just reflecting on that, I think certification plays a really interesting role here. As you say, there's small groups of very powerful individuals at the helms of these organizations with with tremendous influence on on our quality of life and, and, and tremendous impact on society. And we might look at, say, Apple at the moment and think, well, you know, Tim Tim Cook's uh, Tim Cook seems like a reasonable, principled human being, and he seems to be doing a pretty good job stewarding that organisation. But we only have to look at certain, um, you know, uh, certain political powers in the world at the moment to know that a a shift in leadership can very much change the tone of things overnight, and and such is true of organisations as well. And I think um, to to kind of play to the certification piece an organization that is holding itself to a certain set of standards um beyond the the, the control and beyond the power of just the leadership structure there i think is i think is interesting and a, and, a, and a really valid argument for going down that path yeah and look i think that that's also a, a really important point to recognize that personal values and ethics play a massive part in this and that we can't regulate our way to a to a secure future. Um, we need to accept responsibilities at, at an individual level. But we also need to build governance structures that, that recognise there's a wider impetus. So we're very, um, very strongly in support of the idea that um, a company should embrace a public benefit purpose. A company should be in business to both make profit and contribute a net positive benefit in so doing. We also believe that companies should be um, committing via their company constitution or whatever governing document that they have, that they will take into account stakeholders in their decisions. It is increasingly what's expected of businesses and for a, a large company in particular to say, well, we're not just going to react to those adverse moments where we might have been caught out. We're actually going to make a proactive commitment mm. and build the structures in our business to take into account stakeholders is not only going to, I think, clearly lead to a better world to live in. But crucially for these bigger businesses, it reduces risk. It creates better and more consistent outcomes. We're starting to see that in um, recognition of ESG factors in, in big finance deals. And, and when the banks and finances start to recognise that good external risk management leads to better long-term returns, then I find that pretty exciting. Um, and I think that that's the magic here is that whilst I think personal values are really important and do drive this, I think starting to build governance structures 
that embeds certain practices is where things start to really work for us. And we're seeing that already. I mean, there's, there's different approaches that businesses can take in different countries. Um, and we're certainly pushing very hard the idea that businesses in our region can and should be making clear commitments in their governing documents as to what they're about and, and the way in which they're going to conduct their businesses. Again, it's more than just advertising slogans. It's about building actual commitments. Yeah, and I love how you framed that around it being both a need, so a must-have, because people are demanding it, both customers and your people internally, but then also this real opportunity and a business opportunity, and the stats absolutely bear that out. So we'd really love to hear what's next for B Corp. Where are you guys? Are you looking at expanding? What are your What are your plans? Yeah, so look, we're certainly experiencing a lot of demand and through 2020, um, it was a big question, I think, well, for any organisation in 2020, um, but we found that we've seen a big increase in demand for our platform and for companies seeking certification, which gives us confidence that there is growing demand from business. I think we've, we're, we're embracing uh, what has been a trend in the last couple of years, so beyond just this year, towards much larger businesses seeking out certification and we've had to significantly reorganise ourselves to be able to cater for that. But uh, you've got organisations like Danone that's made a commitment to get its entire global operation certified by 2025. Uh, currently it has various subsidiaries certified. Mm. Companies like Unilever also have many subsidiaries certified um, and we've just launched a global um, B Movement Builder Program, which is designed for, for large businesses to engage and make commitments towards improving their business, whether or not they eventually get to certification. It's about really embracing the idea that um, both small and large businesses can reorganise themselves to do better, and we need to find pathways for all of them. Now, that's not without their challenges, so we have a, a lot of work to do in front of us to really make it work for lots of different sized businesses. But that's one that I'm particularly excited to see because when when an organisation like Danone makes public commitments that it's going to try and do things differently without knowing that it's going to get there, that's what I think is pretty amazing leadership. And that resonates across the world in different markets. So it's very, not to dismiss the efforts of our smaller businesses because they're also doing things differently. It's undeniable that it will create, I guess, more noise um, when bigger businesses also get involved. So that's, that's a big focus for us. I think you're also going to see increasingly organised um, collective action where B Corps are working to, to achieve change, and particularly in the climate space, and that's a growing part of our community in Australia and New Zealand. So there are probably two, two quite significant um, changes that are, or that are being um, accelerated as, as we speak. Yeah, amazing. Such good news stories there. You talked a bit about businesses needing to make improvements. Um, of course, every business has got uh, room to move. No one's perfect. What are the improvements that B Corp are currently looking to make? Uh, do you mean what, what are we looking to make in the standards or ourselves? Yourselves as an organisation. Sure. Well, I'll speak for our region, I think, um, here rather than um, speaking for um, the entire world. But, uh, well, I... We've got, some, we've got some areas that we really want to change our impact in our region. One in particular is around finding out how we can best support um, and, and really help drive growth in Indigenous-owned businesses in Australia and New Zealand. Um, in New Zealand, it's a very different sector, um, uh, significantly off the back of um, signing treaties and, and compensation arrangements that were put in place that have, have enabled 
and quite a few very significant amount of businesses to be seed funded and they're now very large organisations. In Australia, we haven't had that same evolution, but there's a growing sector of Indigenous-owned businesses that um, really start off being founded on very different principles and it's a fascinating sector. And our first commitment is we need to learn more. Uh, we need to learn you know, how we can help there or if we can help at all. So we're going through a process internally of, of doing just that. Um, we also, um, as a global organisation, it's, it's, there's a significant change that's unfolding, particularly in the US, around trying to structure as an anti-racist organisation. The US changed this year for all the reasons that we probably don't know to, need to go into, um, have been quite profound. And an organisation like um, B-Lab, which is already obviously structured as a not-for-profit and looking to improve the world around it, has, has really taken a significant pause in the moment to think about how it can restructure as not just an organisation that is itself not racist, but is an organisation that is anti-racist, that is actually in its own design and operation um, improving the state of the world uh, and in, in terms of race relations and uh, I guess levelling the playing field and providing opportunities for people from BIPOC communities. It's a massive issue in the US and it's really interesting to watch that space unfold as well. And then there's all the usual operational challenges that we have, like any organisation does. How can we improve our processes? How can we meet the new demand that's coming to us and certify businesses faster, more efficiently whilst maintaining the rigour? And then um, another one that's really relevant for us is, is building our profile. We need more people to be aware of, of the B, um, and that's, that's an ongoing challenge. And a big part of that is going to be working with some of our bigger brands to really create consumer-facing programs to drive that awareness. Fantastic. Um, I think the, the lesson there and the outtake for me is, and certainly one of the principles we stand by, is an organisation with a mission of doing good at its core, like, like, like B Corp and like B Lab, still looking for, always looking for ways to do better, to, to do more, to move with the evolution of culture, to move with the evolution of technology and to, and to, to constantly seek those incremental improvements. And I think it's all too easy um, for organizations and, and us as individuals to, to become complacent with, oh, we're doing all this stuff. We've, we've got this covered. We're good. And I, I think that's a, that's a mindset shift that I think if we can instill in businesses in Australia, New Zealand and beyond, um, we will have, uh, we will have done our, done our part for kind of shifting, uh, shifting the needle forward a little bit. Um, yeah, and I know that that's that's very close to your hearts in terms of pursuing a you know models to try and really focus on the individual, uh, because we also have to recognise that people people move through life um, these days increasingly at multiple organisations, and the idea that your experiences at one um, can inform change elsewhere is really I think undersold and underappreciated. That organisations are made up of individual people, and and they can take a lot of that culture and that experience with them as they go elsewhere. So, yeah, I think that um, the idea of empowering people to do things differently is really important. And it's a part of B-Lab that's really blown me away too, is the, you know, we're an organisation that was um, established by um, three men in the US, um, three middle-aged white men who've been successful in business in their own rights. Um, they're acutely aware of their own um, backgrounds, their own privilege and power, and they're trying to structure this organisation to, to really um, spread that power around a global network. I've, I found it personally really 
enlightening but challenging coming from more traditional business structures. Um, it's a privilege to be sitting in, in conversations with people from every continent and very different backgrounds and seeing how things are done where, where power is, is, is spread widely. Um, we're trying to work to principles based on sociocracy and really, um, you know, collective decision making. Um, it can at times feel uh, slow, but you realise the power in, it in terms of really bringing different voices to the table and different perspectives. Mm. And I think that that's, you know, a hugely, people talk about diversity now and, it, and it's amazing how it's become both simultaneously mainstream, but also I think runs the risk of becoming cliche conversation um, when it's not really considered and thought through because the power of bringing diversity to decision making is is just better outcomes it's just you know the undeniable that the, the outcomes you see uh, are better when they're informed by a wider perspective so that's a big part of what's really blown me away at this organization and it's a privilege to be part of it absolutely and Andrew, you brought us neatly around by uh, pivoting the conversation to the individual. And if you're game for it, we've got a few closing rapid fire questions in which the uh, the questions are rapid fire, but the answers do not have to be uh, just to let the, the audience into your world a little bit. Um, when you're not driving change and uh and and kind of moving moving business forward for the better through b corp what do you explore or obsess about on evenings and weekends uh, increasingly these days just being out would be would be great but um <laughs> look i've i've got a couple of young teenage boys um their their sport has been put a lot on hold this year and i've decided i need to try and embrace their gaming world so i'm a i'm a noob gamer trying to get better at much to my son's amusement mm -hmm. um, I, I, um, I'm an aspiring um, stand-up paddleboard surfer and uh, when I do get down to a beach I'm the guy that's falling off every two seconds uh, and I think that I'm desperate to get back to that as much as anything just to be outside and in the water um, so uh, but other than that I, um, I, I live probably a pretty straight and boring life that's beautiful. I love the stand-up paddleboarding thing. You just reminded me. I saw a photo on Instagram the other day of a, a friend of mine um, who's just moved back to Holland, and people are stand-up paddleboarding on the in the canals in Amsterdam. I I wouldn't dare. I've been there. That <laughs> e even if even if COVID nineteen has kind of caused them to clean up a little bit, that's 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 a that's a dangerous move. Anyway, um, <laughs> what do you, uh, what causes are you personally passionate about? Do you have any um, organisations, charities, movements, causes beyond B Corp, obviously that you um, that you support that you'd like to give a, a shout out and an acknowledgement to? Yeah, look, for me, um, it's a very general cause um, and it's not one I spend nearly enough time personally contributing to, but I just believe very strongly that until Australia um, truly reconciles with its own history and understands the role um, that its Indigenous culture can and should be playing, um, we, we simply can't probably truly mature as a, as a nation. Um, that speaks to opportunity. I think that there's any number of terrible outcomes in our current society that, that need attention in that respect. But I really, I, I have an aspiration and one day I hope to do a lot more in that space. But I think to start off with, for me currently, it's about education. Mm. Um, I simply do not know enough. Um, and the, the um, book, I'm, one book I'm reading at the moment um, is, is called um, Sand Talk by Tyson Yunkaporta. And it has just opened my eyes in so many ways to how little I know, but it's it's provided such an interesting perspective on Indigenous culture that, that 
Um, I, don't, I have no idea where I'm going to go next on this because I know that in my current work, um, there's, there's a small contribution I can make through work and that's great. But yeah, to me, I, I would really like to see Australia um, embracing the challenges in its history and, and, and embracing a true spirit of reconciliation. Wonderful. That book has now just bumped its way up my uh, my to read list. You're, I think, the fourth person to recommend that book to me. Uh, I listened to Tyson on a on another podcast um, re- relatively recently. Actually, actually, we we mentioned it in our uh, in our newsletter that went out today. Um, he is a he is a fascinating and 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 just. Uh, the way he was um the way he was kind of articulating the 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 pulling on indigenous wisdom to to help think about and 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 solve for some of our 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 current global um you know global conundrums was um yeah it was wonderful so yeah that's that's definitely now now made it to the top of my reading list um what's one of the biggest changes you've made of recent times towards more sustainable living in your own life and it can be big or it can be or it can be very small but just a a tweak you've made to your your personal living yeah look i'm a i'm a pragmatist um not a purist i i i there's heaps more i wish i was doing um probably minor steps i've i've traded in a a a motorbike for an electric push bike um which is just unfortunately these days again not getting ridden but um up until recently i was riding into work every day on that and absolutely loved it um solved the sweat problem of not having to bother with shower and changing um and it's amazing the growth that you're seeing on on the roads it's it's Mm. for for mental health riding an electric bike to and from work was just absolutely brilliant uh so small change in that respect but um you know for me i've also we've we've recently changed our our house um put some solar on the roof and i'm doing probably what every person does that has put solar on the roof i'm getting quite excited by the data that's coming off it and learning about power consumption habits um, and uh, looking to change quite a bit in that respect as well. It's absolutely fascinating the more you learn about your own power consumption um, that the real changes you can make are just literally things like timing. Um, Changing when you do things can have a massive impact on your electricity bill, which of course is about dollars, but also just about using um, more renewables. So I think to me that that idea of um, those really big challenges around things like energy use, connecting it to individual behaviours is just incredibly powerful mm. and, and solely, suddenly gives you access to information you didn't have necessarily before because you have this real tangible link with the, the power that you're generating. So that one's been enjoyable for me. I should introduce you to my partner, Kat. She's a, she's an environmental engineer and uh, she is well and truly all over this stuff. And uh, uh, I think you two would have a fantastic conversation. So anyway, uh, the uh, Andrew, this has been, uh, this has been wonderful and you've been very generous with your time. So thank you so much. Um, any parting thoughts, any asks of the audience and um, finally where, where can people find you and, and learn more about uh, B Corp? Yeah, sure. Look, I think, you know, I, I think a great place for anyone to start is is the work that you guys are doing, really thinking about um, leadership for good. And, and leadership's a funny thing. We, we, we tend to think of leaders as people with high profiles, but um, you can exercise leadership in, in your daily life, in your local community on lots of different levels. You don't need a formal office. And I think really, once you accept that premise, you then need to think about, well, what does good leadership look like? So I'd, I'd encourage people to talk to you guys and really start to understand that and, and unleash that potential. For, for B Corp, just head to our website. All our contact details are there. That's the best place to track us down. Um, 
and uh, yeah, we'll really encourage people to who who are in business. Um, if you're if it's your business or you've got enough sway internally, um, start the assessment. Um, otherwise, the most important thing to do is build some internal um, support for the idea of something like a B Corp certification. It's not an easy ask. You need senior buying in. Um, you need buying across the business as well. Um, so, you know, I'd encourage people to head to the website. There's lots of resources there. We've even just developed an online short course that takes about an hour to do. Um, a properly structured short course. We got help from Torrens University, who are also a great B Corp. Uh, and, you know, it's a great way to get started before you head into the assessment to the short course and, and learn a bit about the kind of changes that you might need to make in your business. Wonderful. And thank you very much for the, uh, thank you very much for the kind words as well. Um, Kerry, anything else before no, we No, just out? a huge thank you. Um, it's always wonderful talking about anything in this area and you've been amazingly articulate and excited to learn more and go and do that short course yeah absolutely um good stuff well thank you again andrew thanks kerry um and thank you to the audience for sticking with us and listening and until next time thanks for having me thank you so much for listening if you found this episode useful the best way to support us and spread the message is by telling a friend or a colleague you can also give us a rating or a comment on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you'd like to learn more about Leaders for Good and how you can start making positive change, head on over to leadersforgood.org and join our free community.